I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Smell! You know that gasoline smell? It smells like... Victory. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, what condition my condition was in. I woke up this morning with the sun down, shining in him. Where's the money, Lebowski? Where's the f***ing money, head? Oh, it's, uh, oh, oh, it's down there somewhere. Let me take another look. I found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then... 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. I tripped on a cloud and fell eight miles high. I tore my mind. On a jagged sky. Okay, you know, you guys aren't privy to all the new so, uh, you know, that's what you, uh, that's what you pay me for. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. Yeah, let's cut through the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? I lost you $60,000. There is no one who wants to make that money back for you more than I do. Just one thing, dude. What's that? You have to use so many cuss words. What the f are you talking about? Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. I woke up this morning with the sun down, shining in. One more back, Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tamo. Matt Byrne and his pupil, Mr. Andrew, on the board this morning. Got two, two producers over That's there. That's right. There shouldn't be any messing up over there with Hopefully two guys. Not. SP features up 33.75. Nasdaq features up 133. We'll see if we can get a couple days in a row here. Uh, I don't want it up too high because I got some short calls right right about here. But uh, a little lower than this would be fine. Uh, so we'll see. But the market's not exactly going to do what I want it to do. I don't think. Never does. Do we have Mr. Kevin? You do. How are Good you, bud? How are you on the day after uh, we lost the Queen, eh? We lost the what? The Queen. Oh, we lost the Queen. Um are they still looking for her? Uh, I think they know where the remnants uh, are. Let's yeah. put it that way. They're, they're a pretty good idea, huh? They're a pretty good idea. Yeah, she was what? She was queen for like 75 years. Mm -hmm. 70. 70. 26. 70? Took over when she was 26. I thought she had just done her platinum uh, um, platinum anniversary. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say 70 because I know she got the job when she was 26. And when she, she got it younger than that. Um, no, she was doing a bunch of other stuff. She was working in factories during the war and everything else. Um, well, well, we'll put Matt onto it, and he can he can check he'll, it out. He'll check us. it out. Check yeah. it out for us. Um, I, I do. Uh, I do have a, a quiz question for our guy Matt, though. He, he gave us that great cut from uh, Apocalypse Now about uh, I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Oh yeah. Uh, who's the actor? Robert Robert Duvall. Robert Duvall, famous <laughs> for. Famous uh, for what else? Oh, uh, Godfather. Yep, got yeah. Tom Hagen and the Godfather. Uh, yeah, you can test and me And the great long. Santini and God knows, you know, any oh, uh, yeah. Frank Burns in, uh, in the movie version of MASH. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah, he had a, he, he a great actor. By the way, just looking it up right now, and it, uh, uh, the Platinum Jubilee celebrates the 70th anniversary of, of the ascension of, of Queen Elizabeth II, so 70th, 70th. Okay, well, yeah. I'm, I'm going to say this one time, and, and then uh, and, and, and don't expect to hear it again. Mm -hmm. I was wrong. Wow. Oh, God. A first time on the show, yeah. First time ever. Yeah. First, first time, time ever. ever wrong lifetime, on the show. Yeah. Um, I was uh, talking to some uh, creatures last night, 
and we were talking about it. And I, you know, it's 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 bizarre. I was talking about this with Andrew on the way in. Uh, the uh, one of the guys said, "Well, at least at least she got to be queen for seventy years." And I just said, "Wait, wait a minute. Why why do you think that's good?" <laughs> he says, "Well, you got to be queen. You were you were, you were the top whatever, top banana." And I said, "You know, if you ever." And I, I, like I just mentioned, Andrew, I did this on a very small, microscopic pimple on the ass of an elephant stage when I was uh, on the CBOE board and I was chairman of the marketing committee. I had to go to all these, uh, well, not all, but there was a few a year where we'd have to take, we'd take the uh, member firm people to these boondoggles, you know, some really nice place, and you'd play golf, and you'd have all these meetings and everything with all these guys. People would always say, God, you got to go to this, like, great place. And I go, you can go next time. When you, when you, Kevin, you know when you when you do that, when you represent somebody else, you're never you're on their game the whole time. You can never screw up. Every conversation has nothing to do with them liking you. It has to do with something regarding the position you're in and what they're trying to get out of you. You imagine for seventy years, every single time you walked out the door, you had to be dressed just so, had to act just so. You couldn't get mad at anybody. You could, no matter how goofy somebody was. You knew that they didn't care about you. They were trying to get some policy piece out of you. That's an awful long time for that. The, guy, the lady never had a life. Uh, it, she didn't, and yet, she, it, it, do you know of any stories where, you know, the, the queen was out in public, snapped at somebody, no, no. Or, uh, or or was in any way not engaged in what she was doing? Um, she was an awesome woman. You know, yeah, I mean, to do that for really 70 years is... I mean, I don't know if you're ever going to find anybody else could do that. I mean, presidents have Trump. Do- I mean, just just like as much as you, that's why I think Trump had real issues with this thing. Uh, if you're president, you're Mister President. The the, the greatest uh, scene about that was in uh, who was it? Uh, Annette uh, Benning and uh, what was it? Michael was it Michael Michael Douglas? Michael Douglas is that like the American president? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, and he's downstairs shooting pool with his best buddy, who's the chief of staff. And he says to him, whatever, whatever the chief of staff was, hey, we're down here shooting pool, having a beer. Can't you call me my name, Tom? And he goes, okay, Mr. President. You know, I mean, you, you, you're never out of form in one of those jobs for four years. But imagine that for 70. I mean, uh, no, I can't imagine it. No, I, I mean, imagine it because I'm out of form, you know, like every 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 five, every, every, every ten minutes. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean it, you, know, you and I go to a football game. We're, we're not we're not worrying about people filming us every second and everything. You know, making sure that you know we didn't burp or something. I mean, you know, right? Imagine that for seventy years. You know, no. I can't. Even, <laughs> no, now that you put it that way, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, so I mean, she did the stuff during the war. I mean, the when her when her father died. Uh, you know, she. I'll bet the parents were really hard on her because I bet she went to the right schools and she better not come home with a bad grade. Uh, and I wouldn't. It said the last time she curtsied to anybody, she curtsied, curtsied to her dad's coffin. And that was it. And she was she was the one. And uh, and, uh, and the and the guy she she met and married knew the relationship perfectly. He always was the foil. He always looked good. He always was. He never he never fl- uh, flinched either, did he? No, he, he didn't, and so yeah, you got to you know, to, it's it's probably from a historical point of view, um, a, a good idea to make that tip of the hat to him too. Yeah. Um, uh, the son, you know, I don't know if he, he'll be compared. Be let's put it this way: he had enough time to prepare for it. Not like her at age twenty-six, huh? <laughs> he was 
actually trying to get her to abdicate but like 30 years ago. Uh, yeah, I don't think that was going to happen. But uh, so, so if he goes, who's next in line? His kid or his brother? His kid. His kid. Okay. Yeah. Well, his his brother would only be next in line if he did not have a uh, um, any children, and uh, and I, I kind of think his brother would not be next in line somehow, some way, <laughs> under any circumstances. Well, the one brother's okay, right? The one that married. Uh, oh, wait, wait, who's, who's the one that's uh, married to Meghan Markle? That's his brother. Well, but who's the one who's married to the, whose sister had the greatest behind in the world at the wedding? Remember Pippa? The the one who's got like the four kids, she's fine. I thought that's the next. That's the next young. Oh, one. I don't remember who's who. I'm, I'm I'm not enough into the royals too. No, the, the the young one's know. the guy who, who's split and he's living over here now with the what's her name. The 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 first Meghan Markle. Yeah, the second one, William is he's he's fine. He's doing all the all the royal stuff and his his wife's terrific, allegedly. Anywho, uh, well, yeah, but those are, are Charles's kids. Oh, that's right. Those are Charles's kids. That's right. Oops. Oops. All right. Go ahead. You can you can have the, your one time on the show too. Well, you know, I, 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 you know it's wrong it, day. It, it is it is so complicated. <laughs> it is so complicated. Who's what and where? All I know is that in Robin Hood, uh, King Richard didn't have a kid, so Prince John took over and screwed everything up. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I mean, Robin, <laughs> we should start having. The expression in life, as in Robin Hood. Yeah, <laughs> as in Robin Hood. Anyway, that was uh, God. How many movies have they made out of that? Five. Oh God! But none better than Men in Tights. Uh, I was going to say no, none better than Errol Flynn. But <laughs> okay, that had to be the world's be- greatest uh, sword fight. Him and, and uh, was it Basil Rathbone, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, Guy of Gisborne, one of the uh, one of the first absolute no good nicks. You know, just an evil dude. Of which there's been many along the t- along the world, so um, we've done a, lo- a lot of uh, talking this week regarding uh, solving the city's problems. Regarding uh, when I when I read about all these schools that used to be these big tech schools in the in the city, I don't understand, Kevin. My idea right now, which we were talking Mr. Flanagan yesterday, let's just get one of them going like by January and see how it works. We we piss away money and everything else. What's what's the harm? I don't. I don't get it. I mean, why, why can't you know we do something? It's a. It's a conversation I just had last night. Um, you know, there's an initiative that I've been trying to get traction with for the uh, Elkhart County Schools for a while, and I talked to the guidance counselor at um, uh, at, at one of the schools over in Middlebury, and uh, and I said, you know what? Let's just you and I get get this started. Let's get this going, and then let everybody be jealous that they're not part of it, and they'll join in. Uh, you know, and and I think that's a motivator, and that's a you know that's a way uh, a reason that your approach could make a lot of sense. Just let's let's get it going with five people. You know? Yeah, <laughs> everybody else going to look and go, why do they why do they get to do it? Well, I did How about uh, us if it's successful. You know, jealousy is a wonderful motivator. But but for whatever reason, Kevin, there's a uh, I don't know, I know my my background is is weird in the sense that when you trade on the trading floor and there's 350 guys in a pit. And you see something offered or bid for in the book, the customer order book, which of course there is none now in today's market that everybody loves to likes to think this is good. Customers have no priority, but in those days customers had priority. Right? You know, the SEC will never talk about that. How in this mismatch of crap that's now the that is now the uh, uh, 
distribution system, there's no customer priority in anything, right? That's why that's why people will pay for order flow because you get to snag the customer order before the customer had priority. But you never hear that on any of these stations, right? They just they just love the way it is uh, because everybody's getting payment for order flow. Uh, anyway, the uh, that, that in your world or in my world is if, if you didn't if you thought for a second that you were too short or too long, and found something in the book that would help you out. If you didn't do it like instantly, it would like go. It would be like mental telepathy. It's like you were thinking about it, and the guy next to you realized somehow figured out what you were thinking about and bought him ahead of you. You had a the, 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 if you snooze, you lose was the term on the trading floor. And yet, when you when you wander out of that world, which I've been out of for a long time now, it's the rest of the world. I mean, I, I had a meeting with a guy. Uh, he was he's on a board. I've mentioned this before to put a new train line, commuter train line, down to the south side. But of course, the guy knows nothing about trains, so he says, "Hey, what if I buy a beer and pick your brain?" I go, "Okay," because I love talking about trains. Obviously, I get the route down from the guy, and he gives him stuff. Kevin, they're talking about you know a decade away, and this, the towns they're going through are dying because there's no transportation. This is back when, before COVID, when people wanted to get downtown, right? And I said. The train cars today, you don't need a station. They, they all open up into the ground. Uh, why, don't you, why don't you grab a train and run one a day just to see if anybody hops on? You know, get it going. And they, they, look, and they, they were doing like two meetings a year. The guy looked at me like, well, you know, if the station, if I don't, if I don't get to build the station, I don't care. I don't, I don't want to be on the board at all. I'm, I'm there just because I'm going to make money on the station. I don't really give a crap about the people going to work. <laughs> okay, then. Uh, you know, nothing like public service. Yeah, huh? nothing, nothing like public service. And I'm like, let's get something. Let's try it. Let's get something moving. And it, it really goes to, especially now, with the markets wobbly. I mean, today we're up, but the markets have been wobbly. Uh, we had the first, worst first six months of the year in a long time. Uh, 2018 is not that far in the rearview mirror. I mean, Plus the market, with the Fed doing the market could go a lot lower than this. I'm, I, I'm no predictor, but but I've had people call me that have massive amounts of like family money in one stock or two concentration issues, which you know I think I'm really good at because uh, they're very tricky, very tricky. Uh, and not anybody can manage those. And I've I've had some not so good times managing those, and some good ones, but I've gotten better at it over time because it's a it's a really really tough assignment if somebody has. You know, a bazillion shares of Apple or a bazillion shares of Exxon or whatever, whatever it happens to be, UPS, uh, because you know it, it, it's difficult to constantly protect it, and it's difficult to cover right color calls because they trend. It's a long story, but it's amazing, Kevin. Somebody will call you and like, where are we? We're September, like April, and they like recognize the problem. Gee, we've got you know fifty million dollars all in one stock. Well, first of all, fifty million dollars is nice. It's not a huge problem. I wish I had it. Uh, but, but still, you, you once you recognize the risk, and they'll say, "Well, you know, we, we'll get the family together by like October. We, we have our, our family meeting." I'm going. If you recognize the risk in April, what makes you think you can sit on your ass till till October and nothing bad's going to happen? <laughs> I mean, you just recognize the problem now, and yet, well, we'll, we'll, we'll get it. We'll get to it. When we get to it. There's a whole different pace of this. Kevin, and I think there's a whole different pace between the Chicago School Board, the Chicago Teachers Union, and what the students need now. They're on a, a totally different timeline or, or, or clock. Is that a, is that a fair statement? Yeah, I think it is. And I, look, living in the academic world, 
you know, you have lots of meetings. Every, everything's a meeting, everything's a committee. So that's going to be their inclination no matter what. What is the, but, the, the main reason to have a main uh, reason for every meeting? I don't know, to meet. <laughs> no, schedule another meeting. Yeah, schedule the next meeting. Yeah, that should be the first agenda item so they can get it out of the way. Yeah. Um, that, that way you can get it out of the way before uh, three or four people leave, and then you have to change the plan when you find out they can't make the meeting that everybody else agreed to schedule. God. Go on. You got to do this right, Tom. It's important to get it right. Yeah, you got to make um, sure. But, and what I'm getting at is, you know, ready, fire, aim is often uh, um, a, uh, a concept that people, you know, will say derisively. It's a criticism. And certainly you don't want to take a ready, fire, aim approach to say, uh, I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just going to go all in. So let's take, you know, let's take the train, for example. Let's ready, fire, just charge ahead, build the station and go. And you're right, ready, fire, aim, with the, where that works is let's do, let's do a test. Let's, you know, let's test it on a smaller scale. If it's, it, then if it justifies larger scale, that's the part where we go uh, ready, aim, fire. Yeah. And in the meantime, you know, you, 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 have, you have some action, you have something going, and you have some progress towards the goal, and who knows? You're right. You may put the train there, and not a single person shows the slightest interest. At that point, maybe it makes sense to just say, uh, okay, it was an idea, but it wasn't a good one. It wasn't one that's going to work. It's okay to have ideas that don't work. And, uh, and, and I think that's, you know, especially in, in government, quasi-government institutions like academic institutions, uh, I, I think it's real easy to get hung up in uh, all the minutiae, trying to get it all planned out right. In the software development world, that was the way it always used to be. You know, you'd get your specifications, you'd get everybody involved, you'd spend a long time pulling it together, and then you'd spend six months, eight months, ten months, whatever it was, coding, and then you'd finally roll out the big, uh, uh, the big project, and then half of the people would hate it. Um, and it, now everything is done using, you know, the, what they call the agile approach. And agile project management is there's a whole discipline to it, but you're constantly doing things in small bites. You, can't, you know, one week, two weeks, uh, and, and that's it, and you roll it out. And if anybody doesn't like it, all that you have to do is back out a week's worth of work. You know, you're not, yeah. you're not losing, uh, you know, you're not, you're not spending 10 months doing something and then the next 10 months trying to fix everything that nobody likes. Uh, SP Viewers up 32. Continue to make incremental progress. And it's, it's a really good mindset. It's a good mindset for doing continuous improvement in a manufacturing operation, good mindset for software development, good mindset for a lot of things in uh, initiatives in the business world. Well, the market agrees with you, Kevin. SP Viewers up 32, NASA Viewers up 127. Be right back. Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. 
Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation and human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks. Jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here. Right now. Hello, right 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 right. Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tim Two guys on the board. We got Matt Byrne. We got Mr. Andrew on the board. It sounds like it sounds like uh, Mr. Matt Byrne just said go. He must be still minorly in charge <laughs> over there. SP Futures up 29.50. Nasdaq Futures up 120. Dow Futures up 237. Everything I have in the Dow is green. Everything's green this morning. We've got uh, Chevron Texco up 245, Caterpillar up 284, 3M up 178. Everybody's everybody's the moon here. Microsoft up 248. We're gonna try and make it a, a two-day run here. Over in Europe, we've got uh, the DAX up 178, 1.4%. FTSE up 112, 1.6%. around up 90, 1.5%. Over in Asia, we've got the Nikkei up 149, 0.5%. Shanghai up 26.8. Actually, we've got the Hang Seng up 507, but still only. 19,362. So even though we're at a 2.5% move, they still are nowhere near uh, 20,000. Yesterday, Dow was up 193, S&P up 26, NASDAQ up 70. So 
We're up more today, or so far today, than we were yesterday. Uh, bonds, uh, down two basis points, 3.27. The Bund, unchanged at 1.71. Japan, uh, unchanged at uh, 0.25. We've got oil. Uh, rail here on oil up, up a buck 65, 85, 19. Rent up 181, 90, 96. Natural gas up 20 cents, 811. Our Bob up three cents, 238. We've got gold up 19 bucks, 1939. I'm sorry, 1739. I'd love it to be 1939. I'm a little long that. Uh, silver up 22 cents, 1866. Copper up seven cents, 360. We've got even the cryptos up today. Bitcoin up 1700 to 21,019. Ethereum up 69 cents, 427. And we have the U.S. dollar. Uh, the 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 euro dollar is back up over a buck one uh, one one dollar and, and 0.5 cents. So I'm going to say I'm looking at the Federal Reserve balance sheet that's supposed to be piling off what, 90 million 90 billion a month now. Mm. It was off a big four last week. So the the biggest theme on on any one of the financial shows is the Fed is full of crap. They're not going to do what they say they're going to do. They're going to keep pouring money in to save the market. So don't sell, just hang in there. That's that's the shtick. Anyway, uh, who's ever doing this? Matt, what do you got for us, Travis Weather Sports? Hey, it's me. Yeah, good morning, everyone. Uh, uh, currently uh, uh, Friday, September 9th, 2022. Uh, in sports, the MLB yesterday, Cubs lose at home with Cincinnati Reds 4-3. Uh, White Sox win 14-2 against Oakland Athletics. And the Diamondbacks are playing tonight against Colorado Rockies. Catch that at 7.40 p.m. Now for weather in Chicago, uh, currently clear skies, 61 degrees, a high of 86, and a low of 61. In Phoenix, cloudy, 87 degrees currently, a high of 95, and a low of 76. Now for traffic in Chicago, traffic eastbound on the Eisenhower between Wolf Road to Harlem Avenue. Heavy traffic eastbound on the Kennedy between Cumberland Avenue to Lawrence Avenue. Heavy traffic westbound on the Dan Ryan starting at 47th Street to the Jane Byrne Interchange. And finally, traffic northbound on the Stevenson starts before Illinois Route 171 and continues to South Damon Avenue. That's all I got, Chief. Back to you. So, uh, Kevin, did you watch any of the... I was watching the Sox. I didn't catch... watch a little bit of the football game. I saw Buffalo was winning, so I didn't uh, dig in too much, but... Uh, yeah, I was actually... I was out last night, so I didn't... Uh, very very nice event cel- uh, celebrating 10 years of the Horizon Education Alliance. Um, but, uh, but I, uh, you know, so I really didn't see much of anything. And, uh, you know, I, I got to see the beginning of the White Sox game, which was all you really needed to see because the first two guys homered. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and, uh, uh, and, and then I promptly dozed off. Well, the, uh, Buffalo spanked the Rams pretty good. Uh, I was, I was kind of surprised after all this, uh, hoopla about in order to get any Thursday night games that you had to be have Prime Plus, and it turns out it was on NBC. I wonder if they, they just didn't want to drop their, their, their marquee b- opening game of the year on something that half the people don't have. I mean, I... I'm, yeah, I, I suspect that was it. It was they wanted to feature opening uh, the opening game, so um, so they went ahead and did it. Uh, yeah, kind of an interesting, interesting sort of deal. Hey, uh, I was uh, looking here, and I don't, I don't, you know, boy, I don't want to dig into it huge, um, because, you know, Carl talks about it once in a while, but somebody sent me a, a thing, a thing here regarding um, how many people are are dying this year above expect expectations. Oh, yeah. It's getting the pretty numbers ugly. are way up. What, what, are we ever going to at least... Especially, get, especially among young people. You know, young people being, you know, in their 20s. Yeah, I was looking at every one of the sets, 30 to 30, 35 to 45, and... Uh, way way worse than during the COVID. 
And some 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 groups in some areas are over like a, you know, in some some states they they expect uh, you know, 400 people between the ages of 35 and 45 to die in a year, and it's like 600 or 800. It's unbelievable. Well, that's pretty much what happens when you poison about two thirds of the population. Well, yeah, it's, I, I, you know what, uh, I I don't uh, I, I sure as hell hope that that didn't happen, Kevin. But so, somewhere along the line, if this keeps up, somebody's Somebody has to sneakily take a look at it and not just ignore it. And I think we're paying the people. Well, supposed and, to do and, that. and just to, to give you some, you know, just some uh, thoughts on this. One is um, the CDC, and, and you know, because I sent this to you, the CDC has changed its uh, its website. There used to be some Q and A about the um, mRNA vaccines, and there was a section that you know where the question was, "Does the spike protein stay in my body?" And the answer was, "No, it doesn't." Um, and that part has been deleted. It's been removed because it isn't true. It does stay in your body. Yeah. Uh, and and in fact, um, uh, there's there was a German study just out that I'll have to fish out and tweet out to the listeners. Um, that uh, uh, they they have been finding in some of these people that uh, died inexplicably, they've been finding spike proteins in the heart. Uh, which is not where it's supposed to be. No, no, it definitely was not supposed to be. I just so uh, so you know we're we're starting to run into that. I I'm still suspicious. I'd love to see a study of what's behind all of the soft tissue issues uh, that are putting baseball players on the um, uh, injured list um, in, in, in in incredible quantities this year. I'm going to lob one out there, Kevin, only because I used to read uh, uh, this. There used to be a fitness. Uh, paper. It wasn't a magazine. It was, but it came out every week. Way back in the day, when Dr. J and I used to go over to the uh, Bally's over in the river, the River City, where that thing is. And it was pretty fascinating reading. And they talked about uh, people are way overstretching, and I think a lot of baseball players are too heavy. And I think the combination of overstretching and being too heavy causes soft. T- t- this this orthopedic guy was writing this article, and he was into big sports. Just a long time ago. But he was, uh, he said, he has more people in his office that have injuries from stretching than from actually playing the game, and that his his uh, again, I'm no doctor, but his his thing was if you're going to go play basketball, the best way to, to warm up for basketball is to jog up and down the floor, dribble slowly, do a layup drill, do the stuff people have been doing for, do whatever you're going to do, at quarter speed, half speed, three quarter speed before you do it. If you're going to play handball, go in there and slowly. You know, smack the ball around. Keep yeah, just do a really casual rally. And then, and then all of a sudden just pick up the pace, pick up the pace, pick up the pace, maybe do a minor stretch of uh, your Achilles tendon and so forth. He's, but you don't need this crap where, where you got some guy leaning on your hamstrings with you on the back in the outfield before a baseball game. You don't need that. I mean, you're liable to get hurt doing that more than you are playing baseball. And, and yet that's what everybody – plus, I think these guys are too heavy, Kevin. I mean, I, I mean – you look at them. Compared well, when you say too heavy, are you are you saying too much weight work? Yeah. Well, that's part. Some guys have a gut. Well, nothing wrong with that. Well, n- no. When you get to be sixty, I'd yeah. like to think nothing wrong with that. Yeah, but I'm saying, I mean, I mean <laughs> in I'm, fact, darn it, it's sexy as hell. <laughs> yeah, well, but how many how many guys in uh, were playing? I mean, you have few people. You have your Dave Parkers in the world that were big men, but look at look at Frank Robinson. The guy, the guy was was a huge man, and, and he's thirty pounds lighter than half these guys trying to play today. Yeah, what was Willie Mays? You know, he hit over six hundred home runs. It was like one hundred eighty-five pounds. Yeah, 
Yeah. Anyway, I'm just. I mean, I think that that that's a lot of it, but. Uh, um, well, it it could be that the that the strength and conditioning regimen is uh, is really inappropriate, and, and and there's a less there's some lessons that need to be learned in there. But but that's been going on for years. Why why the increase now? Yeah, that I don't know. I mean, I know when when Derek Rose had the knee problem and he came back after all his incredible workout regimen and so forth, he didn't look like a basketball player anymore. He looked like a linebacker. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know if that extra weight's I mean, you don't see, you don't see Navy SEALs and people like that weighing two hundred and forty pounds. I mean, you just don't. I just saying. I mean, because I no agility is uh, is is incredibly important, and it should not ever be lost. Um, and, and and I agree with you. I also agree with you that if I were putting to, if I were assembling a baseball team, uh, unlike the White Sox management. All of my guys would be able to run. All of them would be good athletes. I don't want slow people on my team if I can help it. I'll, t- I'll um, take one. I'll take one. Frank maybe Thomas. if a guy wants, to, if you, a guy wants to go hit fifty home runs, cool. Go ahead and do it. But um, but otherwise, I, you know, I don't want. I, I don't care what Yasmani Grandal's uh, um, on base percentage winds up being. He's on when he's on base. Nobody behind him is moving more than once. He's moving station to station. Yeah. Everybody behind him is moving station. To station. I'll take uh, one Frank Thomas and one Paul Canerco. The rest of the guys got to run. Well, and, and, and Frank Thomas could run when he was young. When yeah. he came up, yeah. Now Paulie, yeah, Paulie, I'm not so he sure. He wasn't a slowpoke, um, but after you know enough ankle injuries, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. Actually, one of one of the funniest Jerry Reinsdorf quotes ever was that he wasn't sure who would win a race between. The injured Frank Thomas, who's barely able to, you know, gimp his way into the batter's box, and Canerco. I was there one night, and uh, we were in, when Larry had really good seats, <clears throat> and we, uh, and he just laces this ball down the left field line. It's going right in the corner, right? There, there's no way this guy's get getting anywhere near it. And he looks at it and jogs the first. <laughs> like even even I might have been thinking double on that one, or at least thinking about it. He's going to have a single. Canerco. What was amazing about Canerco is he did not have a gut. He was no, lean. He, he, yeah, he was athletic, um, and and you know he he wasn't a slacker. He was he was always in condition. Yeah, oh yeah. And, and he was just really really slow. It's just what is we this guy in the. Uh, the uh, OEX bit, a funny guy, big tall guy. He's played basketball. I don't, I don't know if he was ever any good, but he was, he was six, 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 seven. So he, uh, you know, he comes by one day, and Ronnie Cusero, we and I sort of shared a spot. And Ronnie says, "Bill, how's your basketball doing?" He goes, "Ron, let me tell you, I'm deceptively slow." He goes, "I look slow, but I'm really a lot slower." <laughs> Never heard anything like that. <laughs> I mean, Kirko was kind of the same way. Damn proud of it. Damn proud. Just, he just didn't move. I mean, uh, anyway, but he, you know what? We'd love to have him back, though. Uh, Paul is a hell of a player and a good guy. And, uh, you know, you can, you can have a few of those guys, but you just can't have a whole bunch of them. Um, anyway, the so, Kevin, we've got the market doing this. We have people as about as confused about the future as, first of all, nobody ever knows the future. We know that. People are about as confused as there is. I, we must have had three guys on yesterday in the various stations. This is all okay. And if, you know, the Fed is, uh, is Fed's really not going to do what they say they're going to do. Don't worry. They really are more worried about the stock market and rich people than they are 
regular people, which to me is played out in spades. I mean, I, I actually agree with that. So I don't trust them. I mean, here to, to keep dragging money out of the system. I don't trust them at all. So but I, I'm, I'm keeping my people like a little bit long. Now, today we're not so long, but we were yesterday and a couple of nice days in a row. Uh, today, it could back up a little bit. But uh, I just, you know, I, I, don't, I don't really trust them. And, and, and every time they do something, I don't think... I don't think they ever put a, pe- a pen to a piece of paper and say, okay, what, what if you're a guy or a lady or family, what if you're making this, you know, 45, 46 grand a year, all of a sudden these prices fall on you like, like, they're like a ton of bricks, and maybe you get a raise to a little over 50. Does anybody walk through the part about you now jump the tax bracket, huge, and now you're paying 22% instead of 12 on, on, on the extra money, but now you've jumped into where... You're not getting very much, uh, you know, help from the government for your hospitalization. You know, what this does to people? I mean, does, any, does anybody work their way through it, or do they not even care? Do they not care to do it? Do they not know how to do it? I mean, I, I just, I mean, you, you, there, there, are, there are absolutely nothing, you know, huge uh, ramifications. Everything these guys do, and uh, well, it's a combination, I think, of unintended consequences and just not knowing what they're doing. But and, and and I'll throw in there: there are people that know damn well what they're doing and don't care. I got. How does anybody? How does anybody get to the Federal Reserve Board of Governors and not know this simple ec- economics, or not care to look out the window and see how somebody else is doing? How do you, how do you achieve that spot? You, you're in the club. You're in the club since you graduated from Harvard or Yale. There isn't anybody who does this show that can't figure out what I'm talking about, and I know all the listeners do uh, follow me as well, because they all know somebody in that that. I mean, you know, the idea that you're, you're. I, I don't know. I just. But I used to, when we first started the show, and the things were happening with, uh, you know, the wages not going up the way they were supposed to, and all stuff going to China and every other damn thing. I used to say to Maddie Weber early in the early days ago. Maybe thing we cannot handle, we cannot drop inflation on top of these people that are that aren't getting raises, and this stuff is, is is the middle class is just slip sliding away from. If you drop inflation on them, you're eviscerating them, and that's, and that's just what we did. And I I don't. I mean, when the, when the guy tells me it's thirty percent more to rebuild the transmission than it was last year, doesn't anybody get that when new cars are 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 this price and nobody can afford a new one? People are people are, are keeping the old ones no matter what, and every 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 uh, mechanic's place is jammed, and his people are are sniveling for raises, and all of a sudden it it, it just all works the same way. I mean, it it, it oh, whatever. I mean, it, it it happens everywhere. It's yeah. So let's so you know, and and you maintain that inflation has peaked. I'm not as certain of that because um, uh, because I, I I think some of the spending bills that we've passed in the last month. Are, are just going to re- restart it. Uh, you know, it's, it, we're we're a few months out from that, but we're going to restart it. But the other side of that coin is that we're you know retailers are, retailers are building up inventories like crazy. Um, so at some point they're going to have to unload all of that. I mean, they're they're just not going to sit and let it. Um, uh, what do I want to say? They're not. They're just not going to sit and let it be. You know, non-earning assets, um, especially stuff that can be obsolete. So, um, you know, so there will be some downward pressure on that, and maybe, you know, maybe we'll even see some prices falling because they have to be unloaded. Commodities are already there, but um, what what's interesting about this is 
um, that we we just like I said, does does nobody understand that if we really really want to tame this, that we have to stop spending you know uh, you know pumping money into the uh, system and the and you know so not, as you said, the Fed's not about to turn around and tell. Uh, tell the White House or the uh, or Congress that we're not, you know I'm, not, I'm sorry you're on your own I'm not gonna I'm not gonna create your money for you so if that's not going to happen um, then you know where are we going to go what's going to happen here and I, I think I think we're in for another round we're just going to pile the inflation on top of a recession well I, I, I've been that's I mean that's you know why do inventories build up that's that's you know, when we, if we want to really screw around with the uh, definition of a recession, let's start talking about inventories piling up, people not buying things, uh, people being you know laid off or having their hours cut because uh, um, there's there's less economic activity in the retail sector. You know, okay, let's you know let's have that conversation. You know, it's going to be you can say it's not you know that the two quarters in a row uh, definition is obsolete. What are they going to say when we get the third one? Yeah, I mean it's. Uh, I mean it's funny what you just mentioned. When I when I said I thought the inflation piece had cooled off, I tried my best to explain exactly how narrow that definition was when I said it. And I think that everybody all you, all you remember is, Jesus, Chief guy said he thinks. It, what I said was that the the. No, I think you've uh, been pretty clear actually. Go ahead. And but I'm saying the the, the, well, the problem we have now is that there's such a massive price bubble. And that you know, what do you always say? Be careful what you ask for. These these guys have have cheated. I'll use that term on the CPI now forever. On the way up, they kept saying it's one percent when we knew it was four. Said it was two percent when we know it was six. They've cheated all the way up. All right. So now we we know everybody listening knows that there's been a thirty to forty percent bubble in virtually everything you own in the last in the last two and a half years. COVID a part of it, obviously. But we, we've had this bubble. It's never been counted in the CPI. So for the next two years, if there is no inflation at all, real inflation with them pouring money into the system, it's going to work its way through the system, just like it did in the last year of, in 1980. There was no inflation, yet it was still working through the system because eventually it's going to catch up. Somehow or another, these idiots that, that put the CPI out are going to have to f- deal with the fact that the cost of owning a house is up 30% in the last year and a half, and they've got it at 6 Somehow, Kevin, it, it has to work its way through. So it might work its way through a year and a half from now when housing prices are actually going down because because they're so lame with the numbers. And because you cheat on the front end, it's going to come bite you in the ass on the back end, right? Eventually, I think the things will, it will catch up. Maybe. Hospital, hospitalization really hasn't, but maybe it will. I mean, it, it all—it all—it all is part of the same bad picture. It seems to me. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm with you on it. It's just, um, uh, you know, I—I—I I, I just don't see things getting much better, and that's—that's that's the depressing part. You know, I—I I think we—we could—we could have put a lid on a lot of this. Uh, you know, I mean, let's just go back to, um, you know, you, you go back to the Trump administration. They dumped so much money, in, you know, during, uh, you know, as part of the COVID response, they dumped so much money into the economy then that we were going to have inflation. Yeah, oh yeah. It was going to happen. But then we, you know, we doubled down on that, 
and that made it happen more. Um, and you know, so that's that's where it leaves us. Um, it, you know, uh, more acute, more of a problem, and um, and and really, it got out of control. Even though uh, you know everybody said it was going to be transient, of course, it wasn't going to be transient. Um, so, you know, so that's where we are. They could have tamed it. It would have been easier to tame starting in January of 2021. It might not have been great, but it, it could have been better if they hadn't gone ahead with all the additional spending. And, 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 and while there would have been inflation, it wouldn't have been as acute as we were, and we were in an economic recovery as the economy reopened. Politically, it was stupid because they could have just taken credit for the economic recovery and patted oh, themselves yeah. on yeah. the back. They could have. I, uh, but I, but Paul yesterday was talking about how he's faced with this worldwide uh, inflation issue that nobody's really had a face before, and it just came out of the blue. Yeah, Kevin, all Kevin all every all every single central bank was on board with this program. That's why it's worldwide. Every central bank did the same thing. And that's why when somebody said your your dollar is going down in value, the first thing somebody would say, some wag would say, "What do you mean? It's actually going up compared to like the euro and the yen." But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the dollar going down in relation to gasoline, in relation to food, in relation to cars. That that's what when I said the dollar, the enti- the entire world deflated their currency, essentially, and then and told people that they were richer. The fact is, some people got huge checks, and they are richer. The, the, the high-end restaurants, you can't get in one. Low-end restaurants, tables all over the place. That that the net that, that's that's the the cards were dealt now. Okay, it, it depends on who you're talking to, how things are going, right? Yeah, absolutely, and that's you know that's pretty typical. Eh. The, you know, the, the yeah. question is, you know, to what degree was it engineered? On behalf of the people who are doing well, and to what degree were some people just sharper than others, and uh, and saw where it was going and maneuvered themselves into a good position. Well, when you when you have the idea of helicopter money, which the Fed had, let's just get money into the system. You know, Milton Friedman, one of whoever got the word helicopter money, literally means drop it out of the helicopter, and we don't care who picks it up. But of course, we know in this day and age, given the lobbyist world and given the creeps we have in Congress. It's never going to be that way. They're they're ne- they're never going to give. If if there's money to be flying around out of a helicopter, they're not going to drop it at State and Madison. They're going to drop it on the, the lawn of somebody on Long Island, right? Drop it in Winnetka. Yeah, you drop it in Winnetka. But it's 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 not about everybody gets something. But I'm going to say that what what did everybody end up getting? If you weren't making much though, you got twelve hundred, then you got six, then you got what fourteen? Was was it, was it thirty two hundred total? Am I right or Ryan? Man, look that up, will you? I, I think I'm going to say that the the average person who got the 3,200 has had that more than eaten away by inflation. For God's sake, if he went out to buy a car, the car's got to be what up, 10 grand? He's he's down on just one item. What what is a car now? I mean, I mean they're, they're up to what's the average price that you actually have Don't to pay? Know. Don't I, know. I mean, I never see a pickup but available. I, I, I will tell I'll tell you that we, you know the time to buy a used car was 2020. Oh, yeah. I mean, that that was when, you know, everything shut down and all the rental car companies 
said, well, we've got fleets of cars, and we aren't renting them, so let's put them on the market and get some cash for it. Well, you could have bought and, about 10 uh, of them, and they'd be, they'd be, they'd be I, worth I actually doubling. bought a car with 30,000 miles on it for $11,500. Wow. Well, I told you, my well, this is a while ago, my, my niece and nephew, unfortunately, some idiot flies on the Eisenhower in front of a truck. The truck moves over and, like, squeezes him up against the... So nobody's hurt. Eh, they get banged up a little bit. The car's total. They ended up getting... It was, like, two months old. And this is when the COVID started. They got 20% more from the insurance company than they paid for it and didn't have a snowball's chance in hell of duplicating that car. Yeah, it still cost them. For, for, I mean, they, they didn't, couldn't come close. They got in the same year and model was another twenty or twenty five percent over what that was. So I mean, well, I I sold. Uh, well, Scott was his name, but his, his acronym was SCM. So of course he was Scummy forever, right? So Scummy's kid is coming back from uh, Iran or Iraq, where the hell he was, and uh, Iraq. And he goes, "No, oh, he's a carpenter. You got two trucks. Why don't you sell him yours?" And I go, "All right, I don't need two. So I had a nice ninety nine uh, three quarter ton Chevy pickup, just your basic red pick me up." Audrey hated it, and uh, so I go. How about I'll just get you know, uh, was it Kelly Blue Book? I just get the person to person price and whatever it is. And it was like sixty five hundred bucks. This is six years ago, seven years. So Scummy gives me gives me the check. I give him the truck. Everybody's happy. I'm going to say Kevin that I could get that I get fifteen for that today. Easy, easy. <laughs> it's a pickup truck. It wasn't even a nice one. Audrey hated it. <laughs> Didn't even have nice seats. It was it was your basic roll down window pick me up. And I'm, I, I'm saying if I had that thing today, even with more miles on it, it would be double what I what I sold to this guy for. How scary is that? Amazing, isn't it? It's a thing's yeah, twenty two years that's, old. That's just one one anecdotal uh, story about how bleeped up the economy is. Oh yeah, yeah. What uh, are you going to go to the big Marshall game tomorrow? Or no, I'm not. No. Oh god. Um, <laughs> I don't think I'm going to. No, 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 no. It's it's on the Peacock Network and. If you if you happen to be a Comcast cable company or an Xfinity, whatever they call it nowadays, uh, you actually get the Peacock Network. So I don't get it. I'm not gonna look for it. All right, bud. We'll talk at you All next you week. Have to do. Do, you, do you have one of those? Uh, um, you know, talking talk to the uh, remote control deal. Oh God, no! Well, you're talking. Oh, you're talking me. They ju- they just send them to you because uh, then all you gotta do is push the button and say Peacock, and it'll take you to it. Uh, they must know I'm a Luddite. <laughs> S&P futures up 29. S&P futures up 122. Back, Mr. Carl Denninger. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? 
Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know, all while exploring how to live your best life through music, spirits, food, sports, travel, fitness, and a whole lot more. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures. It's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into Wall Street's investment gurus. It's for mavericks who believe in life, luxury, and the pursuit of happiness. It's for you. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Stocks, jocks, and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Right now. Like I picked the wrong week to quit sniffing blue. Hello so. <laughs> well, welcome back to Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tom Howe. Matt Byrne and Andrew on the board digging up some good stuff. Uh... Tennessee Ernie Ford, boy. Remember him, Carl? Well, no. <laughs> God. You remember his song? Well, yes. He, uh, I remember a little kid, I remember he was on, uh, always on some of the shows and stuff, but my grandmother liked to watch all those music, musical shows, but, but it, that, uh, that song still resonates, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, I was listening, uh, you're gonna you're gonna talk off a bunch of people uh, when talking about enhanced death rates and stuff like that. You're not supposed to do that. You know the mainstream media will really have you for that. Um, I'm saying it to me. It looks like it's it's reaching the point where if I was in charge, I'd say, why is this happening? I don't know that it. No, no, no. You can't ask that question because they know what's happening, and that's and that's the problem. Is that as as I pointed out before this. And went completely crazy when they were still just talking about it being crazy. The Salk Institute published a paper that had not yet been peer reviewed at the time, but this was December of 2020. And they explained exactly where the real damage, and, and they were talking about people who had actually gotten infected. Okay, they were saying that if you got viremia, if you got it into your circulation, that this was, this was going to be extremely bad. You were going to have a really bad time. And um, 
you know, blood infections are never good, right? I mean, those, they're always extremely serious, and a good part of the time they kill you. And so they, you know, they had pointed this out, but they said that they had found that this was the case with the spike, even without the rest of the virus. And they proved it experimentally in the laboratory in a dish. And that was the point at which I said, you have to stop this before you do something really stupid. Is there any coming back, you think? Well, I mean, you know, the body is an amazing thing. There's, uh, we, we don't understand 10% of what we think we do. And that's, and that is probably the good, it's, it's the bad news when you do something stupid. But it's also the good news in that the, you know, the things that people say, there is absolutely no way you can possibly, you know, do anything about this. Uh, and then all of a sudden it happens. I mean, there's, there are, there's, there are people who have been sent home to die who have used inexpensive, over-the-counter, off-label medications, and they're not dead. And it's been five years later, and they were told they had six months, and they were going to be dead. And there was nothing medical science could do that would help them, and they're not dead. It doesn't work all the time, but the fact that it ever works tells you that they don't, you know, we, we do not understand everything we think we understand. Well, there are some so diseases the, that... So in the result, yeah, I mean, there's always hope because, the, the you know, this works both ways. It works when you do something stupid, but it also works over time. Uh, things have a way of, of sorting themselves out. And uh, in some cases, it works out for the, you know, works out to be okay, and in others, it doesn't. But, um, no, I, I don't think anything is ever hopeless. I just think that we we need to be honest with people when when we tell somebody that we have... You know, we have something that we think might might be okay, but we don't know. We haven't we haven't taken the time. We we just do not have the facts. We need to be straight with people, and we we haven't been. And we ha- and it's not just this. We haven't been for a long time. I mean, you look at Vioxx, you look at the, this this nonsense that's gone on with Alzheimer's drugs. Uh, you know, this one that was approved uh, last year, despite failing its clinical trials. What is a Funny you should mention that. One, I had a, uh, I'm not my best friend or anything, but somebody I've <clears throat> known from the trading floor forever, and a really good guy just died from uh, ALS. Yeah. Now he was involved in this uh, six-month-long deal out at, uh, I think it might have been Sloan Kettering. I'm not sure. And everybody had all. And I, I'm, I'm not positive it's the same drug. Okay. So before we get anywhere with this, um, and everybody had huge hopes for this drug, and. Uh, all of a sudden, you know, he's back, and they said, you know, it didn't work, basically. And uh, and I don't know if it's the same one or not. It probably isn't. But there was another one uh, a while ago, I'm going to say six months ago, that the, the Center of Disease, whoever votes on these things, you know more about that than me, said the thing is, is ineffectual. This new ALS drug. All of a sudden, yesterday, right. they, they reversed it and said, it's okay to sell. Well, if it doesn't work... How much, are they, how much are they going to charge for this thing? It doesn't work. I mean, what are we doing? We all want, I don't think anybody, well, I, I don't have anybody I know right now that has it, but John's brother, who I thought was the nicest man I ever met, died from it. Um, this this guy I liked. Uh, I mean, it's it's a horrible, horrible disease. I mean, I, I can't imagine how happy everybody would be if all of a sudden we had a cure for that. And yet, well, she, she, but, but she you can't. Just goes, this is not new. But you can't light up. I mean, you can't just lob some drug out there for five grand a pop and or whatever it's going to be, and uh, and, oh. and not have it work. Oh, oh, you can't. 
Well, I mean, you do. Do you you remember what happened when AIDS was ravaging the land and we didn't have long-term suppression of the of the process of the progress of the disease and there is no cure for aids even today there's no cure for hiv but what we now have is a cocktail of drugs that with a fairly nasty side effect profile keeps it from destroying your immune system okay so you will live for a very long time even though you have hiv that didn't used to be the case hiv was universally a death sentence and typically it it had about a two-year prognosis and it got you know, on a progressive basis, it got worse. And usually what ended up killing you was something that doesn't bother ordinary people, weird pneumonias and cancers and things like this. So that's, you know, that is, is in the rearview mirror. But the, the same Dr. Fauci that pushed all these things was absolutely convinced that this drug that had been trialed for cancer called AZT was the answer to HIV infection. It was going to permanently knock that virus out. It was going to get rid of it, and it was going to solve the problem. And Burroughs' welcome, which made the drug, was going to be the miracle worker of the 20th century. The drug never saved a single person from dying from that disease. Not one. It did not work. But what it was was the most expensive drug ever sold in the history of pharmacological science in the United States until... You know, up until that time. Of course, now it's a piker compared to many of these others. We we pushed this to the exclusion of every other thing that we tried. The government did it. The FDA did it. It was approved. It was taken by like essentially anybody that got this thing because what else did you have? You didn't have any other options, and you died anyway. And it was extremely toxic. On top of it, I remember my mom was dying of uh, cancer, and we didn't think she was dying at that point. But uh, they tried to hit her up with this. Remember Avastin? Yeah, that was another one. It was a drug searching for a disease, and they said, uh, "Well, you know what? Remdesivir is the same deal." Okay, Remdesivir, which they they gave, you know, they, they still give to people that have COVID, has it has a history of failure in clinical trials. It was originally supposedly going to be some kind of cancer therapy that's that's where and you know why everybody focuses there because the margins of safety are much looser if you're if you have cancer and you don't do anything you're going to die anyway so we can only make it better so therefore the safety margins are lower than they are for anything else it makes perfect sense there's nothing wrong with that in medical science that's fine you you should always tailor the risks and the benefits there's a balance always i don't have a problem with that i don't think anybody with a brain has a problem with that the problem is it failed there. Then they tried it as an antiviral with Ebola. Not only did it fail to help people that had Ebola, more people that took it and had Ebola died than if they'd taken nothing. That's, okay. that's always so, good. So the trial was actually stopped in the middle of the process because it was dangerous. And then all of a sudden, here comes COVID, and they're using it again. Well, I remember the conversation where the doctor said this uh, Avastin is available, and I kind of read up on it a little bit. He says, well, this is 15 years ago. He says, well, it's 2000 a week, uh, and it's not covered by Medicare. Yeah. And my mom says, well, does it work? And he goes, you might live two weeks longer. She goes, why would well, I we, do you that? You know, we went through this. I, the whole reason I started reading all this stuff when the COVID things started was because back around the time of the financial crash, there was this little biotech company that caught my attention 
you know, being a trader. I Wait, which, which, cra- which crash? Right? Which crash? We've got a bunch of them. Which crash they are you talking about? They claim to have the answer to prostate cancer, to metastatic prostate cancer. It was a horrible disease, and if you have it, it's going to kill you. And, and they, you know, and, and from my prior knowledge, I knew that by the time that every, every male gets to be about the age of 80, every one of us has prostate cancer. It's just the way it is. It's just that something else, you die of something else first. It grows slowly enough that it doesn't do anything. But in some men, it grows very fast, and it gets into other parts of the body, and once that second thing happens, you're done. So that they had what they thought was a cure for this, would have, I mean, that, that would have been a truly revolutionary thing. Well, as it turned out, the data said, it. yeah, it, it sort of worked. It extended your life by, on average, four months. And they wanted $100,000 for this. I don't, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, when you look back in history, and some of the stuff people had to do is I keep trying to read some of this stuff, uh, and you see all the stuff that was going on in Nazi Germany that Roosevelt was privy to, and I'm sure if you ever, uh, I'm sure there's some truth in uh, the uh, the Winds of War, Herman Walk stuff, where Roosevelt continually tried to get uh, people talking to him, even though he was in a wheelchair, outside the normal system. I mean, the whole idea of the right. book, the whole idea of the book was that. But Pug Henry, the star of the book, uh, played by uh, who was it? God, who was, it? Who was he in the movie? Uh, Robert Mitchum. Uh, I mean, the whole idea was that he was a naval attache in the embassy in Berlin and had essentially freedom to go around Germany and talk to all the Nazi guys and stuff. So Roosevelt wanted him to write a letter in a diplomatic pouch so nobody could see it, write to Roosevelt, not through his superiors, which, of course, made a captain in the Navy, or he was a commander at the time, very nervous because you're not supposed to do anything. To the, you're not supposed to send a letter to the president without informing your superior officer, but Roosevelt said... By the way, I'm the biggest superior officer. Do what I tell you to do. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> so the hell with your other guy. So he would write him a letter every week. You know, are the submarine uh, facilities and uh, double shift or just single shift? I mean, how much? Everybody knew they were they were going towards war, but how much? If you go if you go to a munitions plant, let me know if they're working weekends. It, Roosevelt was a was a master at getting this kinds of information from people. I mean, the the wife uh, they sent the one lady. <laughs> Around the whole country to figure out how bad things were, and they gave her a driver yeah. and a car. I mean, they, he wanted stuff out anyway. But so the dude knew knew stuff that that maybe the press didn't, and maybe didn't care about. So there there were some secrets there, I, I guess, uh, Carl. That looking back on, deserved to be secrets. But now it seems like every one of these bumps that gets any job anywhere, everything's a secret. What everybody Wade Manson said when he was at the NSA. The lunch menu was top secret. I mean, I mean, at some point, just because you get elected, all of a sudden you get to lie to people. I mean, I, I listened to Paul yesterday, and I mean, I, do I, 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 I'm paying this guy. We don't understand how oh, this, you know. You know, yeah. Well, I mean, you look at what's <laughs> there's the, the market obviously believes that this entire inflation thing is over, right? I mean, you look at what's happened the last two or three days. That's crazy. Yeah. And and yet here <laughs> at the same time that they're reporting this. All right. It is also being reported that the prices for electrical power in essentially all of Europe, and it's not a result of the war, it's a result of the sanctions. It's what we did because there is a war. Pr- 
pricing for for just basic electrical services anywhere from five to ten times what it was a year ago. Yeah, and it's going higher. All right, and and it's going to go higher because there's going to be about a twenty to twenty five percent shortfall in natural gas, and all these people because they prayed at the at the throne of Greta Thunberg, along with WEF and Klaus Schwab and all these other clowns. They all took and bulldozed, they didn't just turn off, they bulldozed their coal-fired power plants and shut down, in many cases, all their nuclear facilities on top of it. So their, their dream was that they could have green energy that would not pollute, that was carbon-friendly, yada, yada, yada. Okay, basic facts. If you have a one megawatt, which is a relatively small power plant, you have a one megawatt gas-fired or coal-fired power plant. When that's the nameplate rating, that's the rating on the side of the, of the chassis that makes the electricity. It will produce one megawatt as long as you keep putting fuel in it, and it doesn't break. If you have a one megawatt solar plant, it produces one megawatt when the sun is at the highest point yeah. <laughs> and there's no clouds. Okay, which of course is not always the case. So, how many megawatts do you have to install of solar power to get one all the time? And the answer is an infinite amount, because even in the best case, the sun is only up 12 hours out of the day. The rest of the time, it's not. And that assumes it's not cloudy, it's not raining, it's, you know, what, it's not snowing. Snow covers the panels and it makes them not work so well. So, I mean, all these things, you take that and you derate the actual output capacity. And then the next question is, okay, where do I get the rest of the energy? Because the, Joe over here wants his light switch to work. But more importantly than Joe is that at the same time that Joe wants his light switch to work, the plant down the street makes a precursor for a pharmaceutical drug that we have to have. Otherwise, Jane over here in the United States dies. Now, we don't have the ability to take that and, and move that facility. We have a supply chain that we have unwisely allowed to be influenced by foreign entities, China, of course, being one of them, but not just China. An awful lot of this also runs through Europe. And now, all of a sudden, you have factories over there in Europe that there's, there's no possible way they can sustain these kinds of price increases on the supply side, on the input costs. They are going to shut down. And many of these factories, when they close, when you take an industrial facility, for example, you take a, something that makes steel, a place that makes steel, and you turn it off, the costs to restart, in many cases, those, that machinery gets damaged from the heat cycling and has to be reconditioned. You can't just turn around and throw the switch and turn it back on again. It doesn't work like that. So now all of a sudden, you have these places that they can't continue to operate at a negative, a negative cost structure. They're out of business. So they're going to turn off the plants. Well, guess what? That's going to come back over here. And if you think inflation is over, when you've got this kind of thing, it's not just inflation. You're going to have actual products that can't be sourced at any price because the necessary precursors to build them don't exist. Now what? When I, when I said, which I probably never should have said, when I said that I thought inflation like we have seen it, is over for the moment. It's because the money supply for the last few months has not grown. So that that push, yeah. but that doesn't mean 
that the price bubble is going to go away. It doesn't mean that it's not going to ha- happen again next month or anything like that. I just said for the current the, the current accelerator <clears throat> has been turned off. Doesn't mean the velocity wow. isn't too high or all the other stuff. It doesn't mean they're not going to turn it back on to pay for this next bill or any of those things. I mean, what I said was, if you look at the money supply numbers, which I always do, that has cooled off the last few months. So the big push behind the the thing, pouring money into the system, that has at least stopped for a while. That's all I. That's all I said. Which well, yeah, and you're, and you're right about that. But here's but here here is where my concern comes from with a lot of this. Okay, I'm I have, I'm, I'm talking to you right now from the far northern edges of the United States. I'm sitting in a campground with my headset on. Really good for you. And and I just dragged my trailer, my my camper trailer, my truck up here uh, a couple of days ago. We're going to be up here. There's there's a race on Mackinac Island that my daughter and I are going to do on Saturday tomorrow. Oh, good for you. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, this is you know this is one of the things that we like to do together. We go travel around. We did the half marathon out in the Tetons uh, in June, and, and this is one that we've wanted to do for a while. And the COVID crazy stuff is over. So we're we're doing this one. This is one that the last couple of years we haven't been able to do. Well, you're not taking a trailer uh, on a Mackinac. You got a ferry over, right? Yeah, you got to you got to take a boat. Which, of course, you know, during the crazy was was stupid because you had the distancing and you know and all the other crazy stuff, the masks and all that. And and I wasn't going to put up with it, so we didn't come. But this is one of my favorite places to come vacation. And this time of year, it, it, normally the bugs up here are crazy. Believe it or not, I've been bit once. Which is, I mean, so this is amazing. We're, we're, I'm just having an amazing time, and the weather is gorgeous. But uh, the, the thing that's interesting about this is that all the way up here, I noticed one thing that stood out immediately. Gas has come down substantially from where it was in Memorial Day, a lot. Okay, the the you know the dragging the trailer behind the truck at the ten miles a gallon doesn't hurt so much when gas is three bucks, you know, three and a half as opposed to five. Oh yeah, <laughs> okay. oh yeah. However, diesel has not come down at all, which is weird to me. But and uh, well, no, it's demand destruction on. And here's here's the other thing: this campground, only half of this is open. The other half, they were supposedly refurbishing. It was supposed to be done like a year and a half ago, and of course, you know, supply chain, and uh, we can't find anybody to work, and all the usual stuff, well, half of it's still shut down. So this is a place that I have stayed many, many times. They've, they're, you know, going through redoing it, and it's stuff that needed to be done. That's all good. However, you would think that there would, that this entire, because it's only half capacity, this entire place would be absolutely slammed and impossible. The cancellations, I was able to get a lakefront site here by paying attention to, the, to other people that had the site, had this site, and then canceled, and it kept happening over and over and over again, and I started watching the patterns, and it pounced, and was able to, you know, cancel the previous reservation and get this one. Why? Well, same thing. A couple nights ago, we stopped at a KOA, and there were five people in there. Yeah, it's, it's, right. I think it's the, the, the recession of the, when, you, when you're doing what you're doing, instead of being hanging with the one percenters, you're hanging with the, the, the rest of us, and the rest of us are in trouble. Well, I'll tell you what, the people that are here, there's the, the shift is, is unbelievable. Okay, I mean, normally this this is because this is a state park and it doesn't have full hookups, so all you've got is power. Uh, you know, you get the people that aren't willing to pay the stupid money and don't have the you know the six hundred thousand dollar rigs here. 
okay? Because those guys go to the places where you, you know, you got a sewer dump and a, and a water spigot right there at your, yeah. at your site. Uh, you don't have that here. It costs less. It's a lot quieter because it's not near a road. In fact, it's you know it's 15 miles away from anything, which is fantastic. Uh, well, guess what? I've got one, two, three, within sight of me, three easily $150,000 converted vans. Okay, now these are things that I would never buy because I don't see the value in taking a van and putting a hundred grand worth of garbage in it. Right. Um, but we're talking about these, you know, these these Mercedes-Benz diesel Sprinter things that you know start out at sixty, and then somebody sticks you know sixty grand worth of garbage in them. Uh, and and right two more down from me is one of these half million dollar Newmar, uh, you know, basically a bus. <laughs> okay. Those, those are kind of neat. It. It's a bus. Uh, you know, it's converted to a luxury coach. I, I I see these in some of the other campgrounds, but I certainly don't see them here very often. And and that's what's here. Of course, there are some other people, but um, yeah. And, and that was basically. I mean, that's that was the deal that I saw all summer too. Is that around by me? Uh, there there were a handful of people that didn't care that it was a thousand dollars plus to put the put the nozzle in the tank to fill up their big rig. Uh, but the guy that's hauling a travel trailer. And, uh, you know, it has a regular, he stayed home. Well, Carl, the lady at the, sells the greatest hot dogs at the Home Depot, she's damn near out of business. There's no business. I, I, well, yeah, r- there's r- no, and, and, you know, I mean, around by me, uh, it was it was downright pleasant to drive around in the, in the uh, you know, so-called tourist areas. Normally, you, you wouldn't even think about doing that in the summertime. What the, hey, real quick, well, we, we have to extend after break here. What is the relation, the, the could you draw us a mental picture of, just where the gas from Russia lands in Europe, I, I'm curious. I'm curious as to why UK is being in, uh, affected so much. There's no pipeline from UK to the continent, is there? No, but the but the problem is that the UK, like, like and, and it's not so much gas only. It's also the fact that Russia sells a lot of oil, and oil has been sanctioned along with everything else, and now. They're, they're getting even more stupid over there, and they're talking about trying to price cap anything yeah. that comes out of Russia in the, in the petroleum area, which, of course, you know what Putin's answer to that's going to be. The oil's going to be in the ground five years from now if I don't sell it to you today, so you can go bite me. I'm not, you know, it's not leaving the country. Uh, you, well, guess what? The market price is $80 a barrel. Well, it's either $80 or you don't get it. <laughs> well, and we'll talk about that after the break in terms of, I mean, Putin is acting like a, a short-term... CEO, like you know, uh, if he if he if he destroys the well, we'll talk about that a little bit after the break. So, the the pipeline goes to Germany, right? The one we're talking about under the Baltic Sea. Well, there's uh, there's several pipelines that come out that come that bring Russian gas out of Russia, but the Nord Stream One, which is the one that everybody's screaming about, yeah, and it, and and that is a that is one of the pipelines. Uh, but it is currently essentially closed because of the compressor station turbines that are supposed to be there. There's supposed to be five plus one for a spare. There's only kind of sort of one working, and lately they found a flaw during a regular maintenance that it was you know, it's leaking oil, basically. And, uh, and because of the sanctions, they can't go ahead and get parked for it. Now, we, s- we uh, still have, uh, we got to go to break, but it, we still have some power plants that, that burn oil here, not very many. Do they have any of those in, in Europe or Britain? 
Um, not many. Most of those have been closed down. The, 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 essentially what's happened is that Europe and Britain have embraced this idea that, that green energy is baseload and we're going to use natural gas as a makeup. All right, SPV is, is up 30, NASDAQ is up 120. Be right back. Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it is time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, owner of Home Source Realty and frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks Radio Show. If you're thinking about purchasing real estate, this summer could be a good time to shop around. Whether you're a novice or seasoned investor, low interest rates and a good inventory make adding bricks and mortar investment to your portfolio an interesting possibility. Many a great fortune has begun with the purchase of property. Call me today for your personal investment consultation, and I would be happy to get you started on your path to prosperity. You can reach me at Audrey Johnson at Realtor.com or call me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Stocks, jocks, and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, welcome back, Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tim Howe. Matt Byrne over here now. He's supervising Mr. Andrew, who's having his first shot here. We'll see how he does. If he knows where the expressways are, I bet he does. Um, not sure he knows where the L stations are, but he knows where the expressways are. So, SP Futures up 33, Nasdaq Futures up 135, uh, Dow Futures up 230 something. So, we got the whip going to it here today a little bit. I think part of that might be because everybody's uh, starting to believe the rhetoric that the Fed's going to pull back here instead of. Uh, the word is pivot, uh, pivot. I don't know if I buy that, but I think that they are not going to keep doing this. They're not going to run the market down in the election, I don't think. So that's my conspiracy thing here. 
Uh, DAX up 190, 1.5%. FTSE up 107, 1.5. CAC around up 92, 1.5. This is the day after the, the queen dies. The markets are up. I don't know if that's good or not if you're the queen. Uh, Nikkei up 149.5%. Shanghai up 26.8%. Hang Seng up 507, 2.7%, but still under 20,000. 19,362. Yesterday we were up 193 in the Dow, 26 in the S&P, NASDAQ up 70. So we've gotten the, the go-ahead here from somebody. Uh, 10-year rates down, which of course makes you wonder what the Fed is doing. They're supposed to be going up according to the Fed. Uh, 326 down 3 basis points. Bund down 2 basis points at 169. Japan unchanged at 0.25. We've got oil up 157, 85.11. Brent down up 160, 90.75. Natural gas up 24 cents, 8.15. We've got gold up 10.40 now at 17.30. Silver up 7 cents, 18.52. Copper up 5 cents, 3.57. It sure smells like money entering the system if the Fed claims they're taken out. Bitcoin, again, up 1,800 bucks. That's 9%, 21,104. I, I think the Fed is very worried about Bitcoin going under 19,000. I think they're, they're propping it up. I honestly believe that. Uh, we'll see what Carl says about that. Or he may think that's too conspiratorial even for me. Andrew, what do you got for us, Travis Weather Sports, bud? All right. Starting off at 735 on Friday, September 9th. Uh, for MLB, Cubs lose at home with the Cincinnati Reds 4-2-3. The White Sox win 14-2 against Oakland Athletics. And the Diamondbacks are playing tonight against Colorado Rockies at 7.40 p.m. Now for Chicago weather, we got clear and sunny skies, and it's feeling pretty good. It's currently 61 degrees with a high of 86 and a low of 61. In Phoenix, it's cloudy, 86 degrees with a high of 95 and a low of 76. On to Chicago traffic, we have traffic eastbound on the Eisenhower between Wolf Road and downtown. Traffic westbound on the Eisenhower between Lamory, Lamary, Lamory, Des Plaines Avenue. Heavy traffic eastbound on the Kennedy between Cumberland Avenue and Lawrence Avenue. Heavy traffic westbound on the Kennedy between downtown and West Bryn, Bryn Mawr Avenue. Traffic eastbound on the Edens after West Dempster uh, between Cicero Avenue and left lanes are closed on both east and the west sides. We have heavy traffic westbound on the Dan Ryan starting at West Garfield Boulevard going into downtown. Traffic northbound on the Stevenson starts before Illinois Route 171 and continues to South Damon Avenue. And finally, traffic northbound on Lakeshore Drive between McFetridge Drive and Randolph Street. That is all. Back to you, Chief. Good job, bud. Good job for your first time. Thank you. Laramie. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and, and Bryn Mawr, you're going to learn all this stuff as you go here. The streets are all over the place. They all have some really... Wait till you get to Aptakissick. We'll see how you do with that one the first day. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Carl, what's up? Are we going to have a railroad strike? Well, you know, that's, <laughs> boy, now there's there there's some old-time uh, memories and presidential intervention and things like that, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, and and if we do get one, that's that one that uh, that has plenty of history with, uh, you know, complete with court precedents and everything else to back it up, that uh, indeed that intervention is, is something that they can do and get away with. So, yeah, that, I don't know. I, I, I think the you know at the core of all of this is is what I've been talking about for a while and and it's it's interesting when you look at the at the cause of why Congress for example thinks that they can run these trillion dollar deficit numbers and not have it immediately show back in inflation I mean if you got a 
you know, you got a $20 trillion economy and you run a trillion dollar deficit, you would think that, uh, gee, uh, funny, that's that's about a 5% inflation rate, right? Yeah. I mean, duh, this isn't very hard to figure out. Um, and then you take, you take and you build in structural, which we have not good, uh, seen agree with the medical industry, one dollar and five spent in this country is spent on medicine and if you think about this for about 30 seconds it should be obvious that the average schlub from the time that they uh, you know that they get into or through adolescence uh, absent trauma and you know really horrible things happening the the actual amount of medicine that said person needs until they get to be you know 50 or 60 years old is probably zero or very close to it so that means that we are taking, we're front-loading it in places where nobody would ever argue that we shouldn't, okay? I mean, you know, little kids right, that have serious issues. But then we're also back-loading it in people where there, there is no return on investment in terms of actually going back into the economic picture of the United States and being productive. There is no back-end on that investment, and we know this. And, and yet... Boy, you can't say that, because now you're trying to... But, you know, facts are facts. They're funny things. And so I, I think that, uh, you know, you take these distortions, you get away with them for a very long period of time, and we have. Uh, the thing started, it expected, because of all the money printing we were doing then, that the DX was going to trade to 40. <laughs> the devaluation. And the Carl, you're, you're, you're breaking up. You might have to try calling back in, bud. Is your, uh, am I still? Yeah, still bad? We're, we're hearing like every every third word. Oh, that ain't good. Is this any better? Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, okay, I just moved the phone a little bit here. Yeah, it definitely definitely is better. Hey, I, I mean, I when when you look at the markets, I mean, kind of what you're talking about, it's well, I mean, the idea when you see when I talk about the market being up today, instead of just you know saying this is terrific, these companies are worth more, the market's up. It, the, the 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 risk we're taking, Carl, when you pump thirty five and forty percent of the money your your of uh, dollars into the system more than you had before, then and the market is up thirty five percent. To not tie the two together, I think is somewhat ignorant. Uh, so, well, ignorance probably too strong of a term, but the idea that all all is same same as it was two and a half years ago, and we can argue about. Technically, the stack that's now four hundred dollars, it used to be you know two fifty. Technically, it deserves to be four. I mean, one they one has totally to do with the other. So when you see days like today or yesterday, it clearly has to do with what the Fed's intentions are and and, and whether you can believe them or not. I mean, I I don't I don't know whether you can or you can't. I mean, I'm just one person trying to read the tea leaves like everybody else, but I do know that the the stuff they say. Everything they say now, when you try it out every single one of them during the week, everything they say, if they if they change in nuance, with stuff like, well, yes, we're going to just fight inflation, but boy, if it looks like uh, we get another one or two months where the CPI looks like it's cooled down, maybe we can, you know, rethink this, or we'll let we'll become data dependent again, or some other kind of crap. All, all that has, all somebody has to do is say that once, and you're talking about a five percent up in the market, and the next guy says. I don't know what she just said, but that ain't happening. You know, we're doing 75 basis points the next four meetings. It's going to go the other way. 
Carl, I'm really tired of this. This this is not the way you're supposed to invest. I'm supposed to be looking for good companies for my people and that kind of thing. Or I, I don't. I shouldn't be listening to these idiots all day long, winging the market back and forth. This is not investing in my mind. Or am I just being way too grumpy? No, you're right. I mean, the the, the challenge, which what you're supposed to be doing when you invest, is finding opportunities where somebody has has a a thing that's going to be a big thing it's not recognized yet right or a company that I mean, just is very yeah, well I have, run i have some innovative thing that i'm going to that i'm doing i'm starting to do and and i'm a public i run a public company and and you figure it out and it, my pe right now is 6 because nobody else thinks that it's going to be anything and and they're wrong and i'm right and uh, you know you, you buy the stock and the stock goes from from 10 to 100 because it, it really is a big thing, and all of a sudden uh, now I have the growth factors, and uh, you know, and the PE for a period of time is, is forty, and eventually it ends up being ten. But it ends up being ten because I'm making four times as much money. Yeah, or you know, you say here, here's a toilet paper manufacturer for a hundred years. They've done a nice job, make some money on toilet paper. They make two bucks a share and send you a check for eighty cents, and at this price. That stream of income is a pretty good number. And I put some people in there, and I don't have to worry about it. But now you got to worry about everything because the valuations are crazed. You know, I mean, it's, it, it shouldn't be like this, I don't think. I, you know, I can take any, any company that I think has decent forward prospects, and I can't justify the number that they're trading at. No, I can't either. And that's, and that's a problem because when I, when I try to do actual analysis on firms, I'm wasting my time. What I always come up with is, okay, that's overvalued on any kind of rational basis by a factor of two. It's overvalued by a factor of five. It's overvalued. You know, I, I never find, well, I think that's actually a pretty good buy here because I, I think this firm is going to double or triple what it can earn over the next 10 years, and, and it's selling at a, at a reasonable earnings multiple today. We had a... Uh a large family firm that used to do a lot of option trading through us, and then they they got different people in charge, and we don't know what they do now. But uh, what, you know what they used to do, uh, Carl? Was they well, they were big investors in Maytag. They would look at Maytag and say, "We think it should be worth thirty-five bucks a share." But guess what? It's trading forty. Well, we don't really like it at forty so much, so they would sell leap calls against it for like five bucks because they'd say, "Yeah, okay." If it goes back to 35, we haven't lost anything because we sold the car off for five bucks. And oh, by the way, we're real happy owning at 35. Then again, if it wants to stay at 40, we'll just make we'll just make the five bucks on the call and we'll do it again next year. So they they had a way to kind of back into. But you, you, when you when you pump money into the system, I mean, it's uh, you, you all bets are off, and and it comes down to you know who's getting the money. We're talking about with Kevin. If you decide to do helicopter money, it's you can't just give it to everybody. I mean, if inflation, Carl, every one of us, you and your and your and your, and your uh, big vehicle there, if every one of us had a ch- had a chance to walk into the Federal Reserve, give them our one dollar bills, and walk out with two dollar bills, and everybody everything just doubled, it wouldn't do anything to anybody, right? If you if I owed you well, twenty well, bucks, well, yeah, and that's but yeah. see, that's the thing is, you know, so I had I had this great this great debate back when Lauren Lister was was doing our tea. Uh, back before, you know, everybody said, oh, you can't, you, you know, 
And I even had people then say, you can't go on that show. That's, that's Putin's news network. I said, well, the difference between Putin's news network and CNBC is that Putin's news network actually lets me finish a sentence without cutting me off. Well, yeah. So guess what? Um, guess which one I would prefer to actually have a conversation with because you can actually have a conversation. It's not all directed and scripted towards some end. Uh, is is Putin running it? Well, yeah. Okay. Is he a prick? Yeah. Do I do I really care if the point is to get an idea out to the public? No. <laughs> I well, we had this thing where she had me and this guy who was a uh, uh, modern monetary theory guy on, which is such, we which is such video, BS. Video interview. We're doing the interview, and he's, oh, you know, we can just admit all we want. I, I took a $20 bill out of my wallet, and I tore it in half, and I said, here, here, now, now we have $40. Yeah. <laughs> but all, all you do is everything, if I owe you 20 bucks, I'd owe you, four, I'd owe you 40 <laughs> Everybody's wages. Are, right, like, and, I, and I said, boy, is it, didn't that make everything wonderful? Wait a minute, how come I have to have both of those halves in order to buy a pound of steak? You know? <laughs> well, they're talking about the railroad thing here. These guys are going to go from... Uh, total compensation. The thing, uh, two things here. They go for total compensation right now about one hundred thirty-five thousand to one hundred sixty over four years. But you know, it's it's surprising in here. They're talking about the. Uh, uh, it's it's where are we at? We're t- we're fourteen uh, percent wage increase effective. Not when their last one was. Might have, I, I'm guessing it wasn't for a while because they've been doing this cooling off period and everything with the strike. And a twenty-four percent right. compounded wage increase during the five. Year period from 2020 to 2024, so that's five uh, percent a year. And my my question, uh, after being through this in my younger days, why don't we just say we're going to give you two or three percent, and we're going to add a CPI kicker to it? I mean, and why 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 try and predict what the CPI is going to be in the next five years? And some some genius says it's going to be five percent. Well, if it's if it's nothing. Then I think five percent a year is maybe too much. And by the way, if inflation's ten percent, five percent, thanks for nothing, right? I mean, so why, why why don't we why aren't we dropping back to CPI kickers in this stuff or or some other uh, index? Well, uh, you know that's that used to be the you know the way that union contracts were set up generally. Um, <laughs> And and the problem with that is is that what that ends up doing, and you can bet that the that there's there's the little bird from the government chirping on people's uh, shoulders, saying don't you dare do that, because now all of a sudden, Congress cannot get away with this kind of nonsense, and then you have people looking at things like, hey wait a minute, how come owner's equivalent rent is in the CPI instead of house prices? Well, yeah, and it's six percent when house house price and mortgage is up thirty. Right, and so, you know, hey, by the way, um, oh, that's a third of everybody's spend, too. So, I mean, uh, would, would you like to go back and recalculate the CPI with a real number? And, and the, the political pressure to, to do that, and you have, you know, if you put it on there as a kicker like that, but people are still falling behind, then the political pressure to, to go and fix that problem is going to become insurmountable. Well, what, uh, I'm going to ask you, we have a few minutes here, we can pontificate on something. I actually spent last night, uh, very nice. went over to a nice workout, Carl, and found some of my buddies over at the series, and uh, sitting outside, absolutely gorgeous night, and one of the guys has a friend who's a uh, Chicago police uh, sergeant and uh, detective, and he comes down, he's sitting next to me, of course, you can only imagine me, my dad being a cop years and years ago, uh, 
we hit it off spectacularly, and we're and uh, you know he's talking about the problems with the the uh, you know putting anybody in jail here. We got some new some new law coming through that's going to essentially ban cash bail. So everybody, yeah, I saw that. Everybody just gets out. Uh, it's it's kind of a. I asked him. I said, I'm, I'm going to ask you kind of the same question because I, I see it in every venue here. I said to him, you know, we've got. He's rattling off what's happening in the loop, and uh, and uh, I'll just say Jay. His, his name begins with Jay. I said, Jay, the thing, the thing that is amazing to me is back when. I mean, I'm not a huge Chicago historian, but the day the St. Valentine's Day massacre happened, even then, when when innocent people generally weren't getting killed by the mob. Uh, the, the city said enough. This has got to stop, and, and immediately there was a huge turn towards law and order and getting rid of these guys. And somewhere after that, Capone went to jail and all that, whatever. And uh, and 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 I said to him, I, I I keep looking for a bottom here. I thought I thought the kid being shot on Lakeshore Drive at high noon one day uh, from another car when they weren't having anything to do with anybody. I thought I said, is there is there ever going to be a law? And he goes. Your lips to God's ear. I don't. He goes. I don't get it. It doesn't matter how many people. He goes. There's been nine people shot in front of your office in the last six months. He goes. There's no. There's no. 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 Even glimmer of. We got to put a stop to this, or else. I mean, and, and the same thing. I'm asking you. When is it? When are when are people? Whether it's about the Fed, whether it's about the money, they're ma- the people are making sure having money to whether they're going to make sure the market's up, which is fine. I want my people to lose money, but. However, it is. Is there, is there any amount of BS somebody's going to run at us? Whether it's drugs they gave people that are hopefully are not doing the wrong thing. Or, or, is there ever a sense of truth where somebody's going to say, "I'm tired of you bleeps lying to me"? You, you got to give me the straight story. I mean, what 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 makes somebody who gets the job as dog catcher all of a sudden get to get to tell everybody BS for the rest of his life? Where, where is that written? You know, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's one of the things. Uh, there's there's a bunch of people that have this. This uh, they run this thing I call mass mass formation psychosis. Essentially, that that uh, you know the human the human being gets lulled to sleep from from any uh, vestige of caring about truth, and whatever lie gets repeated often enough. You know, and there's there's the you know the old statement from Goebbels: if you lie. You know, long enough and often enough, and uh, and outrageously enough, it becomes believable. And so, uh, there is a lot of human psychology that goes into this. That's that's somewhat difficult to figure out. What I've what I don't understand is that we have you know we have, for example, just just recently in Jackson, Mississippi, the water go down as a result of a really bad storm that clogged up the intakes. And all of a sudden, the story that comes out of the, the, the elected political officials, along with the supposed engineers at the plant, is that the plant has been destroyed, and and the root cause is that we didn't spend any money on maintenance and upkeep because all the white people left the city and we didn't have any money. Therefore, we need a billion dollars in order to you know com- essentially completely overhaul this thing. And until we have it, we're not you know they're not going to make any water. Well. The Army Corps of Engineers shows up along with FEMA. They go out there and find the on switch and push it, and the plant starts working again. Uh, that's interesting. Well, so this was an extortion racket. Okay? Now, in a sane world, now these, this was not just run by the mayor. This was supposedly run by the engineer 
who is in charge of the plant. Now, in a sane world, if you did something like that, when you claim specialized knowledge, that, that you understand how this thing works and it's, that's your job, and you're lying, and it's proved to be a lie, five minutes later you're in handcuffs because you just tried to steal a billion dollars of taxpayer money and it's, you got caught. We have, uh, I, I used to say when we were doing the war on terror, are we officially not doing that anymore? Do we ever declare that war one? Or what, these wars that you don't even know who you're after and uh, you know how long they're going to last. Are we officially over that or not? Oh no! And you know this is this goes into this whole this whole scams thing that America has become. President Ford signed the National Emergencies Act, which which allowed for these declarations of emergencies. Like half of the ones, I think it's twenty three out of the fifty some that have been declared since then have never been rescinded. <laughs> so we're fighting twenty three wars we don't even know about. So it's like, well, I mean, you know, COVID is still, you know, still a national emergency, which, by the way, is the whole reason that they can still authorize these drugs without full trials, because without the emergency, you can't issue EUAs, and therefore, all this nonsense with the pharmaceutical industry stops in an afternoon. But, no, 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 we can't, we can't, we can't say, you know, the, the emergency is over. The, you know, the war on terror, all this stuff with 9-11. I mean, you, you go down the list, there's, there's like 23 of them that have never been rescinded. They're still there. And they enable all of this grift and all of this BS. And, and you know, I'm sure it is from... Well, if we actually had... Whatever comes out of this thing with Ukraine... You gotta, you gotta move stuff, your... You gotta move your... Enough, there'll be another. You gotta move your phone again a little bit. But if, if, if we are actually at war, terror or otherwise, you would think that Stealing money from the government wouldn't be a favorite sport. Well, you know, it seems to be that it is. I don't, I mean, I'm sure people, I mean, guys like Harry Truman were always after fraud. I mean, that was his big shtick. Wasn't he the head of the Senate's fin- Senate Finance Committee? And he rode pretty hard on, on the military and everything. Wait a minute, how much are you paying for this tank? And everything? I mean, he was, he, he did his job. As a matter of fact, the uh, George Marshall said that in his book, all the other generals couldn't stand the guy uh, because all he did was give them grief about how much they were paying for stuff and did they really need it and, and how difficult it was to fight a war in a democracy. And, and Marshall said, no, that's, we are in a democracy. We should be able to explain this guy that we're buying the best tank for the right money. That's our job in a democracy. So he, he said he never had a problem with Truman. But other people, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if there was, was the fraud. I'm, I'm not naive enough to think that, you know, you could have got a PT boat engine for five percent less if you really look, but but kind it's it's five percent, and and if you and I are getting the five percent in Chicago, we're we're spreading it around at a very to the various emporiums and places here, it's kind of no big deal. But when you start getting to this a billion dollars where I don't even need it, I mean, it, we're we're talking about a whole different world of uh, of of larceny here. I think. I mean, well, if you but see the thing is this: if the larceny. Ten years ago was you know fifty million dollars, okay, and the fifty million dollars no longer buys off the number of people that you need to buy off because you know inflation and and gee we did the fifty million well we we have to have we have to do better well better's a hundred yeah. right and, yeah. then, and then better's two hundred and and pretty soon uh, you know water plant doesn't work because we we literally pulled extension cord out of the outlet and turned it off. That that's really something. I mean, uh, 
Is the same thing in Flint, or was that a real deal? Well, Flint was a real deal, but Flint was grift and fraud, too. The lead-based water lines, lead was used for a long time for very good reasons. It's ductile. It doesn't fracture. Um, and so as a result, it's, uh, you know, in places where there's frost and things like this, it's, it, it was very common. And if the water pH is correct, it's not a problem because the, the water, the minerals in there deposit a film on the inside, it passivates it, and therefore you don't get lead in the water, okay? What happened with Flint was they switched the source, and the people that were doing the balancing screwed it up, they didn't know what they, they either didn't know what they were doing or they were you know they're just incompetent. Who knows exactly what had, what the root cause of that was? But pH shift caused the lead to leach out of the out of those lines and into the water people were drinking. Why uh, we only got so a, we got less we got less than a minute, Carl. Why was it why was it such a huge problem in Rome? I mean, it, it caused damn near the society to go down, didn't it? Lead poisoning. Well, because they didn't have a way, they, they had no way to monitor things like pH and balance it with chemical treatments and things like this. We do. Oh, okay. so they, they just, water, if the water just plain goes through, the lead's going to leach, but if you mess with the water and make the pH right, it won't, is what you're saying. Well, if it's, it's the shift, if, if it shifts back and forth, you start having problems, and they, they just, of course, didn't understand all this. Uh, well, they didn't have a microscope or anything, those guys. But still, they oh, did pretty good. They, they didn't have things like we have to do. We have one. We have one. Hey, good luck in the, in the half marathon. Uh, don't be a Rosie Ruiz. Run the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> have a nice time and then do well back. And I, I, I'm jealous. SP Fury's up 30. Nancy Fury's up 123. Back Monday, Stocks and Jacks. And that's how she wrote. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI ProDirect. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.